For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon here with Ryan Roberts, and we are here to recap day one of the 2022 NFL Combine. That being the performances of the tight ends, the wide receivers, and the quarterbacks. Ryan, I don't know about you, but it was so freaking exciting getting to watch some of these guys perform. I'm just excited that the Combine started. This is separate from the draft, probably my favorite event of the year. I mean, it might be my favorite event of the year, even over the draft. I don't really? know, man. Like, it's cl- yeah, it's it's this is the fun part, man. Because like you've done all the film watching, you've kind of evaluated and quantified what you feel like these guys are as athletes, right? And then you just kind of see if your eye is on par to like what the testing numbers come back for. And, and it's fun to just kind of sit back for a few days and just kind of enjoy the mm-hmm. the spectacle that, that it usually is. So I really enjoy it. I, I wish that it would go back to the format. And I put this on Twitter yesterday. Like I wish it was still where they did the, they where they did the testing in the mornings. Cause I just feel like that was so much better, especially now that I'm working at home. It's like, would have been great if it was just on all day while I was just writing articles yeah. and stuff, you know, but it, I mean, still after the year that we had last year where there was no combine, it's obviously great, and I, I feel like they always do a good job in Indianapolis. Like that, that track is fast, man. I know we're going to talk about a lot of fast times. Like dudes were flying yesterday, to say the least. I, I also am not a fan of them putting fans in the stands. I thought that that was really goofy. I, I don't think it's meant for that. Well, it, dude, it was very, it was very driven towards the media and the viewer yesterday like it was not for the players right because like we talked well about it was also geared towards the commercials too because there were right. a, a crap ton of commercials well what we talked i know we're not gonna be like super native on it but it's like we've talked about the scheduling stuff right like putting everything in the same day condensing it or whatever getting the fans in the stands but then also like some of the timing stuff right where we had some of the unofficials come back and they were a lot faster than what like the official times are. and i understand mm-hmm. that's going to happen because there's human error to 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 do in that un, unofficial time but like there were some man that was just like appallingly discrepancy on some of those times so i just I, I feel like this has definitely just been much more media viewer driven this year than players it, it typically is but like this year just feels a little maybe more over the top than usual for me right and, and that human error also counts in the total fake out of us thinking that we have now the the new fastest 40 time with ever like one yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and like i saw the they they went to commercial they come back they show it and i'm like like that doesn't look like a four two one. That does. That's not. Yeah. Like it. He was moving, but sure. I remember when John Ross ran, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> and I didn't think that Tyquan Thornton did that. So the the updated yeah. time, he ends up running a four two eight. It 
it, it was a little messy, and I think that they probably could have done some stuff better. But speaking on that, Ryan, mm-hmm. we had nine receivers run on, under a 4-4, and I believe that's the most that we've ha- ever had or in a long time, which is it's crazy how fast this group of receivers is. But the crazier thing, and we we were talking about it leading up to the event and saying that this group of receivers is going to be strong, but we didn't think that it was going to be a, a wild athletic testing and speed, speedy group of guys. It, it ended up being complete opposite. Yeah, it was, it was wild, man. I mean, again, like we're not working off of like what the statistical breakdown is from each year, as far as like how many guys broke that four, four mark. But just off the top of my head, I was watching. I'm just like, this is wild, man. Like I can't remember a year like this in my lifetime. And, I, I went into the, the event, Joe, and I know you, you kind of highlighted it. Like, I thought I thought we were going to see a lot of 4-4s, four which is really fast, too. You know, like, it obviously isn't 4-3 or better, but, like, I thought I saw a lot of 4-4 four, four guys on film. I know we're going to talk about, like, Christian Watson and guys like that. Like, I thought, like, those were 4-4 four, four guys, but then, obviously, they've run a lot faster than we anticipate. And it's just really wild because we, we have obviously had the – Last two years have been historical wide receiver groups at the top and in terms of depth. And we just have another depth class this year that just has some crazy athletes. So it was a great start to the events because we're going to see a lot of, I think we're going to see a lot of fast times when the corners and the defensive backs come up too. So this could be a historically fast year just in, in terms of NFL draft because, I mean, we obviously we got off to a crazy start with these wide receivers this week. Yeah, really, really crazy start. And some of these guys just put up some really, really crazy numbers. And we're going to discuss that on today's show. We're going to do a deep dive on those players that we thought were the biggest winners, the ones that stood out the most, and maybe are going to make us go back and and rewatch the tape. The the first one I want to bring up, Ryan, uh, going into the tight ends, we've got two tight ends. Jelani Woods from UVA. He was uh, a pretty crazy athletic specimen yesterday considering the fact that he's he's six foot seven he's 259 pounds 34 inch arms it's 24 reps on the bench and then ran a four six one so just for anyone who doesn't know anything about bench press the longer your arms are the harder it is to put up more reps it becomes increasingly more difficult and he had the best bench number for a tight end which really shows and speaks to his strength as an athlete. And I thought he looked good uh, hitting the hitting the sled. I, I think that he's somebody who could be a you know a big riser just based on that that athletic testing amongst the group that just was steady and, and looked pretty strong all around. Yeah, well, I think that the big the big over encompassing kind of th- you know I guess label for the group, like you said, is that I thought that we saw a lot of guys that were running four sixes, and it was like just a really solid group all around. I don't think that there was one guy that you're like wow, that's the the head and shoulders guy. But if there was one, it might be Jelani Woods because like you said, when you kind of look at that size, right around six foot seven, 259 pounds, 34 inch arms, like obviously he has a huge catch radius and you just expected him to, you know, kind of be that guy that wins above the rim. But then when you add four, six, one speed, like that just adds a completely different dynamic. And kind of for the backstory on him is, I believe he was a quarterback recruit that went to Oklahoma State originally. And obviously he had developed into kind of like a big slot type of dude because Oklahoma State obviously runs, you know, air raid and they're spreading guys out and doing all that type of stuff. And he just wasn't very productive and didn't get many opportunities at Oklahoma State. And then he comes to Virginia this year and he, 
is an all ACC performer and he has, you know, one of the better tight end seasons across all college football. So a late bloomer at the tight end position with that size and then adding again, the athleticism that he has now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big riser in this class because people I think are going to take gambles on that type of athletic upside. Now the production obviously didn't match for the majority of his career, but you see where it did come from at Oklahoma State to the one year at Virginia, obviously it's trending in the right direction. And then the season that he um, – in the uh, performance he had yesterday, specifically in the 40-yard dash, showing that linear ability with that size is impressive. And I think a lot of teams and evaluators are going to be excited about what the future could be with a player like that because he has athletic upside, obviously. Yeah, that's just a really, really big athlete. And I, I, I didn't know the whole backstory on him – not being a tight end from the jump. So, I mean, that might actually give him an advantage in the evaluation process because he's newer to the position. Yeah, there, there's a couple of those guys. Like, I know Curtis Hodges from Arizona State's another guy that I think started out as a quarterback. Greg Dulcich was a guy that started out, I think, as a walk-on wide receiver, if I have that correctly. So, like, we've had a couple guys that are, like, conversion dudes, which is always interesting because those guys are – late to the game. They haven't been playing it very long. So that's the upside factor I think is even more because, you know, they haven't just haven't been working the nuances of the game or that position for a long time. So you could project forward and say, what can this guy be three to four years from now when he's played like a consistent amount of snaps at a single position? I think that's why it's kind of exciting for guys like Woods and even like a Curtis Hodges from Arizona state. And you mentioned Greg Dolchich. He was the other tight end that we thought looked really really good in testing 469 16 bench reps 34 inch vertical 122 inch broad and then a 705 three cone and a 437 20 yard shuttle and, and Dulcich was also somebody that the overall tight end group I thought when you put them on in the drills they looked pretty steady like Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely they looked pretty steady but I, I thought that Dulcich to go along with that athletic testing I thought that his hands look pretty good. He looked pretty uh, consistent throughout catching in, in these tight end drills. Did you like uh, Greg Dulcich's hair? It's great hair. Isn't I, it? I forgot. I was going to mention that. I completely <laughs> forgot that the easily the biggest winner just because of the hair. Dude, he looked like an Adonis man with that hair. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, now nah, he he had a really nice week. Um, and well, nice week, nice day. <laughs> it used to be a week, but yeah, he had a nice day overall of testing, and he. Um, Obviously, he hit the thresholds in terms of size. He goes there and he tests well, kind of like an all-around guy. He's caught the football well, in my opinion. And I think that he's another guy that's kind of just a late bloomer type. Like I said, you know, he started his career as a wide receiver. He's just bulked up and he's become that guy. And I think I saw the stat. It's like he only averaged over 18 yards a catch during his career or some crazy number like that. So crazy. Like that's, that's a really incredible number for a tight end. So obviously, he has some downfield vertical ability. And I think there's still – a ways that he can go as far as rounding out his game. But again, he has the baseline athleticism and the size where I think teams are really going to like a lot of what they can project forward with a guy like Dulcich. Yeah. Dulcich, definitely a great athlete. And uh, he was somebody that we expected to to look really good athletically. And he, I told, he I told you to life. pick him in RAS day. I told you to pick him. Yeah. Man. And I went with Isaiah likely and that 
dude decided not to run, which is such a it's a it's pain okay, in the man. Ass. It's okay. Hey, Chase Allen didn't run either, so that's pretty much a wash. I tried to actually. Yeah. I forgot to tell you this this morning. I tried to do the RAS stuff, the calculator, and I put mm. like Chase Allen stuff in, and like he just did not have quite enough events to qualify for an RAS. And I guess it would be the same thing with likely because Allen, dude, I'm so pissed because he had he had a nice all. Chase Allen had like a 703 20 yard shuttle. 33 and a half vert, which was solid. He had like a 9.7 broad. Like all the numbers were good. And he was 6'6, 251. I'm like, oh, you had to do, brother. Uh, was run, run a damn 40. 40. Run a solid number, like a 4.7. I would have been golden. But of course, he chose not to. No, no, we both we both miss out in our in our competition. So we've got receivers and one quarterback to discuss. Before we get to that, though, folks, I need to tell you about our partners for today's episode. First up, bet online. I know there's no football. There is some betting for the NFL draft, and there also is certainly basketball going on right now for you to bet on. From all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, bet online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage, and is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, folks, I want to tell you about NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is important, more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. Plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 70% off NordVPN plus plan and one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Last up, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multi multivitamins, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. That's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition in just one scoop of water, in one scoop with water every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Whew. Okay. Ryan, receivers. So we thought that Chris Olave was this 
potentially crazy fast guy because he ran a four two six, but then the time got updated, and it turns out he runs uh, closer to four three nine. That's that's the number which that's is, which that's is still great, up. which is still which great. Is, yep, which is still good. And then we also had his teammate Garrett Wilson, who ends up running faster than him with the updated time with a four three eight. So both these guys, I think, are worth mentioning because they're faster than I think we expected, and a lot of people expected. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so there's been kind of like a back and forth between what Alave and Wilson were going to test comparatively to one another. And if you would have asked me, and I, I said this, I think last week, I thought that Alave would run slightly faster, but I thought Wilson would test better just all around, like jump, jump higher, broadical, uh, broadical. What the heck was I <laughs> saying there? Broad <laughs> jump <laughs> further. And I think I thought the short short um, shuttle and three cone that type of stuff short area stuff would be a lot better as well. They actually brought I think they brought in vertical right around the same, which was like odd to start with. Mm-hmm. And then Garrett Wilson runs faster than Olave, and that's kind of like the, been the thing about Olave is like I thought, and I thought he ran exactly what I anticipated, like low four three. I'm sorry, yeah, four three high, four four low. Like I was like four three eight, four three nine, four four zero. Like I get that. Wilson, I would have anticipated like four four seven somewhere in that ballpark, but it's just kind of funny because I mean, obviously both guys end up running very fast, sub four four, but I did not expect Wilson to run faster than Alave, and I also expected Wilson to test better in other areas than Alave. So just a little bit different than I anticipated, but at the end of the day, both you have to call both the Ohio State winners, uh, wide receivers winners in that instance because they both ran incredibly fast and i think they just checked a lot of boxes in testing yeah we, we knew that these guys were good athletes but it ends up turning out that they're they're better athletes than we expected which it kind of fits the bill for describing a lot of these receivers that had good days uh yesterday on day one of the combine and the one big one that i've got to bring up here ryan who i i still i tweeted it out uh and i, I still stand by it that i think that Christian Watson was the biggest winner of day one and his, his time was a little bit inflated and then updated, but still a really freaking good time. And I, I think we were expecting him to look really good in athletic testing, but I, I think he still has managed to each step of the way throughout the draft process to exceed our expectations at six foot four, 208 pounds. The North Dakota state wide receiver ran a four, three, six, 38 and a half inch vertical, and then 136 inch broad, which is fantastic athletically for a player of that size and i thought in the drills too he looked really good and kind of building off of what we saw him do at the senior ball yeah now and if we're converting that obviously that broad jump is 11 foot four so it's an incredible Mm. jump to say the least so everything kind of matched the athletic profile and i feel like and the crazy part about this wide receiver group is i feel like everybody just ran half like a, a like not a tenth of it, like a half a half a sec. Wait, what am I trying to say here? Like not not half of a tenth of a second. What what, what would I say? Point five. Point oh five. Point oh five seconds faster. I I thought there would be a cleaner way to say that than. Is it a hundredth of a second? Half of a hundred. We're not we're not math. Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. Yeah. No. No. Not half of a hundred. Because all right. Anyway. So yes, everybody <laughs> ran faster. So like what I'm saying is, if I thought a guy was a four four. Oh, guy, they ran four three five, and that's kind of what I think of when I think of Christian Watson. He ran uh, what I thought he was going to run four four two ish, four four one somewhere in that ballpark. He runs four three six, so he ran sp- significantly faster, and he broke in obviously in that four three range. Shout out though, Joe, to I mean, 
the two best testers, arguably, of the mm. day were both FCS, FCS guys. guys. FCS. Isaiah Weston. I, I want to say Isaiah Weston from Northern Iowa also was just crazy. 11-foot broad, 4-4-1 in the 40. He was 215 pounds, like crazy stuff. I, I, I was just bragging to Joe before we started – because he texted me last night and was like, oh, I, ha- I have uh, Christian Watson, though, so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I wake up this morning, and him and Weston had the same exact relative athletic score. So Joe did not take a lead despite the day that Christian Watson had. But still, shout out, man, to the FCS. What great what yeah. great moment to have two of the highest testing wide receivers of the day. It's pretty pretty dope, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about Christian Watson the whole remainder of the cycle just because of how, the, the how high does he go, Joe? How high does he go? Call I, your shot. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's uh, one of the first picks in the second round. I, I Top 10 in the second round. I think that that's at this point, he looked really good at the at the senior bowl. He looked mm-hmm. really good at the combine. I don't think that's that's too much of a reach to say. And the one thing I keep saying when I bring him up on these these radio spots that I've done he played in North Dakota State on a team that used a freaking fullback as their primary offensive weapon. He, hey, don't he don't you don't you slander don't you slander Hunter Lupke like that? No, right? Hunter Lupke's <laughs> fantastic, but not, my point is, is his stats and his you know his film aren't really an indication, I think, of what he's capable of because he should have been getting like 15 touches a game, but he was probably getting closer to like seven. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah, he comes from obviously that North Dakota State offense. Like, even when they had Trey Lance, like they just weren't throwing the ball a ton. No. It's just kind of how they're built. The so, yeah, he. I think the the nice thing about him, man, is like you kind of knew he was this athletic dude, but like every stop he's been at, also yesterday and at the Senior Bowl, the consistent catching, right? Like, because there right. was some drops on film that I've seen from North Dakota state, but like, I feel like he's been plucking the football very well throughout the process as well. So checking a lot of boxes, Christian Watson, Isaiah Weston, I heard actually had a, he had a tough week at the, um, at the NFLPA game. I think that mm-hmm. he was a little up and down during the week. So good, good on him as another FCS prospect to kind of get his draft process going back in the right direction with the testing he had as well. So surprise, surprise, we have a Notre Dame receiver, on the list because every year it seems like there's a different Notre Dame receiver who has insane testing. And, uh, you know, it kind of started with Equiminius St. Brown and Mm -hmm. Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin. And, you know, these guys have some impact in the NFL. Some of them do. And mostly Claypool has been the the bigger one. But here we go now with Kevin Austin Jr., who runs a 4-4-3 at 6'2", 200 pounds. 39 inch vertical, 132 inch broad, 6713 cone, which was the best amongst the receivers, and then a 415 20 yard shuttle. Kind of crazy to think that Notre Dame wasn't using that to their full ability, but still, Kevin Austin, kind of, I think, even more extreme than, than Christian Watson, where he was underutilized and getting to show this testing proves that despite not being thrown to all that much, doesn't mean that he's not a great athlete. I've talked a lot about Kevin Austin, not only on this show at times, but also on obviously on Irish Breakdown podcast. And so the kind of the story about him is he comes out of Florida as a very high recruit, like bordering on a five-star level player. He's that type of dude. Comes to Notre Dame, plays a little as a freshman. Sophomore year, he gets suspended for the year. I think there were some academic issues. The next year after that, he gets injured and only plays in one football game. And then this year, he's their leading receiver in terms of receiving yardage. And I think he tied Michael Mayer as the, the with seven touchdown catches, and he averaged 
like a crazy number per reception. I think it was like 18 yards per catch. So you saw the talents, but he had the decision whether to come back for another year or to leave early. He obviously decided to leave early, and I honestly was not a big fan of that decision because I think that he's a guy that the film's not great. It's not. There's there's flashes, but he struggles with the line of scrimmage. He struggles with physicality consistently down the field, and he has some drops on film. Like, it's troubling stuff. But I've been on the record that I thought he was going to test great on the Irish Breakdown podcast, Like, and I actually predicted very similar numbers to what he ended up doing. And I, he needed that. He needed this workout for himself because he needs people to forgive his film a little bit. Like he needs to be forgiven about some of the, the some of the shortcomings on film. And he has one of the best testing days that we've ever seen of a of a wide receiver. Just in general, when you kind of put mm-hmm. everything together. And you mentioned the guys like Claypool, obviously. Four, I think he had like a forty-one inch vert. Was four four three at like two hundred thirty pounds. Like Claypool was just a, a silly dude. And then Miles Boykin might have been even better. He had like a 43 and a half inch vert or something yeah. like that at his size. Yeah. Like it was just nutty. So I feel like Kevin Austin put together maybe the best all around performance of all those dudes. Cause then he has the six, seven, one, three cone, Joe. And that's like, I want people to understand this for a second. That's Kevin. Nuts. It's nuts, man. Kevin Austin's playing as a boundary receipt boundary receiver. Most of the time for Notre Dame. So he's working as a vertical plane receiver. He's really ru- literally running goes and comebacks and sticks. Like that's all he's basically running. But then he runs a 6-7-1 free chrome, which is just a silly, silly time for that size. So now people are going to start to think, did Notre Dame not use him properly? Can he do more? Can he run routes? Can he do different things? Can he line up at multiple spots? And, like, the caveat is that Kevin Austin did play at, like, 215 pounds or so. So he lost, like, 10, 15 pounds to test well. So, like, the flexibility might be somewhat more limited when he's 215 pounds. But I think that this is a showing that, like, hey, Kevin – Maybe you should play more closer to 200 pounds because you might just be a different athlete at 200 comparative to 215. But either way, I think he went from a borderline draftable player to a player that is absolutely going to get drafted. Someone's going to take that because there's upside to him. There's developmental potential. And I don't think he went into the week as a slam dunk draftable player. But this week, I would say right now after that performance, he's more likely to be a fourth round pick than he is to be a seventh round pick, like closer to that, wow. that spectrum, in my opinion. Like, I think that he, that he's going to rise that much. Yeah. I think if we're just talking like what well-rounded day, I, I don't think it's a reach to say that he had one of the best, one of the best days. Just if you factor in all of the drills that he did, the jumps, the agility drills, the 40, all that stuff was, was off the charts. And, and heck, I mean, Across the board, I, man. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't even get those agility numbers from Christian Watson, which maybe if he did those, he'd be a little bit in contention for that. But still, crazy to see that Kevin Austin does that. Now he's somebody that you can't pass on as a, in on day three to be really high, high-value developmental player that is going to be playing at a different weight likely at the next level. I know that we hate talking quarterbacks on this show because this year's quarterback crop is terrible, but we got to give some attention to one quarterback i swear to god if the nfl.com portal for these testing results plays one more ad while i'm trying to read the numbers <laughs> i'm going to punch my computer sorry uh desmond ritter though somebody who we're yes. going to throw the bone to for uh testing very very well and malik willis doesn't test mm-hmm. and i kind of spent the week leading up saying that if he did test he probably would have had the best the best day amongst the quarterbacks but here we are ritter 
benefits from Willis not testing. 45240, 36-inch vertical, 127-inch broad, 7153 cone, and then a 429 20-yard shuttle. I, I feel like I never really had that expectation for Desmond Ritter to be that good of an athlete. I, I knew that he was a, a strong athlete, but not that good. So to see those numbers kind of affirms that maybe some of those limitations he has as a thrower could be made up for what he is as an athlete. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a really good athlete, and I think that Jim Nagy was kind of pumping it up for a couple of weeks before the director of the Senior Bowl that, like, he's testing within, like, or four range, you know, it, where he's so – Comes in a four five two, like you said, the thirty six inch vert kind of just reaffirms that like this kid's an explosive athlete. There's no doubt about that. I think the coolest part, Joe, is why we really wanted to include this was I have gotten some vibes of like a Ryan Tannehill from a Desmond Ritter in the past. Like that's kind of the comp that comes to mind. But Daniel Jeremiah I thought had a really good comp for him. The one that I completely agree with. He compared him to Marcus Mariota, who came out of Oregon, obviously drafted by the Tennessee Titans with the second overall pick behind Jameis Winston. Now I believe he's with the Las. He was with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he might be a free agent again. And now I'm just like I see parallels to their game, man, from an athletic perspective. But when you put them side by side, it was like I think Mariota ran like four five three. Ritter ran four five two. They mm-hmm. both had thirty six inch verts. Their broad jumps, I think, were pretty similar. So, like, just very interesting comp, and I think that there is validity to that comparison a little bit as well. I hope this isn't too crazy of a question. Do you think that he slides into into the first round with that performance, or is he still kind of on the outside? Well, athletic testing, I don't think ever really bumps quarterbacks that much. But I, I've been on this. I mean, I've said this on the show couple times, Joe, like, I think that's a Ritter might go in the first round. Like I just do. I, I think it's might happen because he's played a lot of football. He's a guy that has the, the height speed combination. He's got a NFL caliber arm. He's a bit on, he's on, he was actually at, obviously at the senior bowl. He tested well at the combine. Like he checks a lot of boxes. Now I don't think that his tape says that he should be drafted in the first round, but I think someone's going to reach potentially. And yeah, so to answer your question, I think that he could be a first-round pick. I don't think it's so much because of what he did yesterday at the Combine, but I do think that he has a chance just based when you kind of put – when you factor everything together and you just kind of check boxes, I think that some team might take a shot there. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. And you get good numbers for him, that, that's going to help. Folks, that's going to be it from us, though, here on the Day 1 Reaction. We're going to provide reactions each day of the morning after at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft. Head to riseanddraft.com for more coverage on the NFL Draft. Also hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in and we're going to be back with more coverage very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.